This episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and this is May of 2022. We are doing a series, Sharing the Secret, where courageous women, post-abortion, miscarriage, and loss of a child share their healing journey stories. A beautiful healing journey story where we unwrap, where we release the layers that keep us stuck. When we reveal to heal inside out shifts happen and we can really get a new perspective about something that has happened. Today's story is from yours truly. I have had two abortions. My first abortion was in 1985, in March of 85. I, I did not know that date until recently. Um, in my second abortion, I don't recall. I'm not really sure exactly. I was pregnant three times before the age of 17. Um, I remember being on the floor, on my knees, huddled in the fetal position, rocking back and forth, holding a poem called The Abortion Tree. I had found it. My mom was very religious. She had um, supported a lot of different missionaries and they would send her cards. And there was this orange pocketbook card and it had a tree with babies hanging from it. And it was titled The Abortion Tree. In my book, Forgiving the Girl Inside, Finding Balance, Freedom, and Fun in Your Life, I share that poem. But I remember grabbing it, going into my room and closing the door and just rocking, reading this poem, crying, tears just pouring out of me. And I know that happened after my second abortion. I don't remember. um, It may have been springtime. Uh, I don't remember. I can't picture myself where I was wearing. Um, But I remember how sad I was. And when I chose to have my abortions, I was told that they were not babies, that they were just a cyst, like a tumor, like a a blob of tissue with no life, no heartbeat, no nothing, um, which made that decision easier. And I swore the guy was at the time, we'd made a pact, we would never tell anybody. And ironically, two of my best friends that I hung out with that were also named, um, Um, that also experienced that situation were in the same situation I was. I just lost my train of thought. So forgive me. (laughs) Forgive me the girl inside. Um, I felt alone. I felt isolated. I felt horrible. I felt like a monster. And when I read that poem, I was just devastated. I was just like, well, I'm never going to be forgiven. And I never, ever will be able to trust anyone again, especially God, because why would God allow this to happen? Why would he allow a 16-year-old girl to be in this position? Um, and, you know, like, there is moms and dads, married couples who wanted babies who couldn't get pregnant. And here I am, 16 years old, getting pregnant so easily. I mean, my period was like a clockwork. Every 28 days, I got my period. And I could probably tell you when I ovulated. So you would think, why did I know when I was going to become pregnant? You're 16 years old. Your hormones are a little crazy. No judgment, right? When I, one of the reasons why I was afraid to share my story was because I was afraid of what others would think. And I had three ladies 
back out of these interviews because they were afraid. They were afraid to hurt the people in their family. They were afraid to, to let people know what they experienced, what their choice was, because there's another black check mark next to their name. There's more hurt. There's more scorning. There's more judgment. There's more fill in the blank. However, you're being treated because you made this choice. But ultimately, isn't it our own choice? Ultimately, we get to decide. And, you know, someone asked me um, if I was pro-life, pro-choice. And my husband and I were talking about this. I'm both. How can I be both when I'm a Christian? It has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with safety. People have been having abortions for a long time. I don't know when the first abortion was ever performed. I don't know if anyone knows. Maybe they do. I'm not a current events person, and I don't like to do a lot of research when it comes to facts about the first, you know, the first time somebody landed on the moon or, you know, the first uh, marathon runner, whatever. I don't, I don't automatically navigate towards finding out those things because it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me are people's hearts. And I know, I didn't know this when I was 16, but I know this now, that God loves each and every one of us unconditionally. We're the ones that turn our backs on him. But he gave us free will. And because he gave us free will, we get to choose. We get to choose every single day. And when you are pro-life, you love the life that's inside of you. You love life, period. You're not going to harm another human being because a person who is pro-life sees everyone as valuable, regardless of what they look like, who they hang with, what their habits are, what form they're in. They're all loved. They're all valuable. Everybody is invaluable. But if you think about before there was pro-choice, People were going back in alleys and using coat hangers to get abortions, okay? I'm not okay with that. I read the book, The Body, oh, I'm still reading the book, The Body Keeps the Score. And a tra- chapter, a portion of that book triggered me because it was sharing a 13-year-old girl's experience about having an abortion from her mother. Her mom gave her an abortion after she was raped with a co- using a coat hanger. I can't even imagine what this woman went through her whole entire life, 13 years old, being raped by somebody she knows, a gang, and then having getting pregnant and then telling her mom and her mom immediately takes a coat hanger and gives her an abortion. That triggered me. I couldn't even imagine if I had to have something like that. And, you know, maybe things would have been different if I told my mom at 16 what I had done, but maybe not. I don't know. I can't go back and change my circumstances, nor my choice. I was, and I did what I did with what I had at that time. And one person had asked me if I ever had, um, if I regretted it. No, I don't regret what I, what I, I didn't, I don't regret having, making that choice with the information I had at that time. What I do regret is being with that boy and making those choices at that age and not trusting my intuition and not uh, not valuing who I am as a person. This person totally had control of my mind. I relinquished my power and control. I was so desperate for love and in so much need of acceptance. And this person was giving that to me. They were filling what I thought 
was that hole in my heart that I was missing something, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't joy filled. I was miserable. And I had religion. I did not have a relationship with the Lord. I was saved in July of 1979, but it was religion. And I was confused, very, very confused. Then you add some drugs, you add some alcohol, and you add some snarkiness, <laughs> and you add a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, you start living in a way that you block these things and you just soothe the pain by drowning your sorrows or smoking your sorrows or doing drugs or whatever. I experienced all of those things because I was trying to cope. I didn't understand. And yes, I went through counseling and yes, it was annoying because although the therapists I worked with were wonderful, no one ever got to the core. Never, No one ever got to the heart of the matter. And when I had my second abortion, I totally blocked it out. I do know today that my um, children were a boy and a girl, Michael and Tamara. They would have been maybe... Maybe they would have been, I don't know, um, they would have been 37 and 38 years old by now. Um, they may have been a year apart, right? Nine months apart, 10 months apart. I don't know. Um, I don't know when their birthdays would have been. I'm guessing maybe April, um, June. I don't know. Um, Michael, I believe I got pregnant for him in March. And I would have had him, what, nine months later? So that would have been in uh, November, right? April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Oh, would have been the month that I was born, December. Um, and Tamara, I'm not really sure because I literally blocked it out in the deepest, darkest chambers of my heart. And that is why after three, over three decades of struggling with this un- grieved experience, these experiences that are never properly grieved until um, recently. In 2012, I started my healing journey. I started focusing on, I was tired. I was exhausted. I was so tired of having these up and down mood swings and fighting and arguing and people pleasing and pouring myself into others and just feeling so, so lost and so despair and so discouraged depression, anxiety. I was panic attacks, smoking cigarettes to try to comfort the panic attacks. And it was overeating, over drinking. I was overspending. I kind of addicted to 0% credit cards and overspent in categories that I should have never, I should have never ever created this debt, but I did because I was trying to soothe this feeling that I had buried so deep inside of me that it was kept trying to surface because the body does keep the score. And it was continued to try to surface and I continued to try to bury it. And I volunteered and excelled in my career and I had a side gig and I did all these things. And I, 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 you know, connected with my three adult children. They weren't adults at that time, but as my children were growing, I have three children and I poured myself into them and I connected with them. And, but there was always this pulling at me, this sense of something's not right, but I just couldn't place it. And I kept searching and seeking in 2014, I connected with a mentor, and that's when I really started to heal. It started with gratitude. It started with giving thanks. Anne Boskamp's book, 1,000 um, Gifts, Dare to Live Life Differently. I love challenges, so I did the challenge. I still do it today, writing down 10 things that you're thankful for and the reason why. And the, the challenge was not to write down the same thing twice, and you, couldn't, you can only be thankful for your family once. 
And I thought to myself, wow, this is going to be pretty hard because I have 10 things a day. And at that time, I wasn't really giving things anyways. Um, but in the book, she gives you ideas of what to be thankful for. And when you look around your world, gratitude, attitude of gratitude moves mountains. It really makes the shifts. It gives our heart that tenderness, that love that we are meant to, to display, that we are meant to model. And when you can love unconditionally the way God loves us unconditionally, in mountains move. It's amazing. It's incredible. And, you know, our minds are developed or created or designed not, you can't have a negative and a positive thought in your mind at the same exact time. It's impossible. But 85% of everything we store is in our subconscious. What we do, the actions we take is based on things that we've learned, what we're conditioned to know. And I think back about my younger self and the conditioning statements that I lived with. I had a very controlling mom, a controlling boyfriend. Everything in my world was controlled and I was very rebellious. And I, I wanted to do what I wanted to do, but I wanted that love. I wanted that trust. I'm flying here. So I'm squatting at a fruit fly. <laughs> oh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to know what I'm talking about. My hands are going flying in front of my face. But, um, yeah, we all have a story, and that's my story. I've been asking God for divine downloads on revealing to me why is it important that I know, I, just so I can honor Tamara's birthday, so I can honor um, and, and grieve. You know, we have memorial services. We have a grieving process where we remember our loved ones, um, regardless of how long they're here on earth, regardless of if they were miscarried or aborted. Um, or if they died stillborn at birth or what have you. And we honor those lives. We don't know, you know, we all know we're given a date of birth and we're all given a date of death. And I know there's controversy, which I'm not going to get into, about a baby in the womb. You know, when does that birthday start? Is it when they take their first breath? When God breathes his first breath, does he breathe his breath into them in the womb? Those are fascinating questions. And you know what? I just might do a podcast series on that and get people's thoughts and opinions. Maybe so, maybe not, but we'll see. If you are, if you are somebody who's had an abortion, who's had abortions, and you're looking for a safe, non-judgmental place to begin your healing journey or to continue on your healing journey, I want to invite you to a special group where it is safe. It's a safe place where you will be heard, where you will be seen, where you will be valued, valued for your thoughts without any judgment. It's a Facebook group called Heart Centered Healing for Courageous Women Post-Abortion miscarriage or loss of a child. And it is an amazing group of women who have experienced what you have experienced. I want you to know that you're not alone. And all those thoughts that are in your head, when you can acknowledge them, I have a method called STIR. So I'm an empowerment mentor and I help courageous women post-abortion honor their heart-centered agreements I help women miscarriage loss of a child honor their heart-centered agreements without external validation using the power of therapeutic aroma cognitive behavior. This is a powerful breathing where we're combining breath work with our thoughts. 
and our feelings, identifying our feelings so we can get a new result, so we can have a new perspective, so we can look at the past and take the good out of all the choices that we've made, whether it be from abortion, whether we've experienced miscarriage or loss of a child, those losses, when we don't properly grieve and heal and celebrate, we end up turning to things, coping mechanisms. Maybe you're an overachiever. You're excelling in your career and you feel this hole in your heart. You feel, you know, something's missing, but you can't quite place it. Maybe you're in debt to your ears and you're just pulling your hair out because you can't take it anymore. Maybe your relationships with your family members, your spouse, aren't where you want them to be. Maybe you're overweight. You're not sleeping at night. Physically, you don't feel fit. Emotionally, you're exhausted. If this is you, I welcome you. I I, I want to connect with you. I have a free 20-minute solution call where we implement the aroma cognitive behavior technique and resolve one thing. I'll give you one solution to whatever it is you're struggling with. And I welcome you. In the description is the link to the Facebook group. Come join us. Come share your story. We all have a story. And when you reveal, you heal. Mindset is the crux of all that we do. It's a matter of the heart. using the power of breath and thoughts. Receive the possible. Book your call today. Link is in the description. Wealth is all around you.